Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are without Josh Bales and Phil Moran, but we do have Ryan Hemphill here from Treasure Valley RPCNA. So, Ryan, once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. And especially... The week of a Reformation Boise conference. Right. So we are days away. So hopefully you are as excited as we are. If you have not registered, it's okay. We're not going to publicly shame you. Um, (laughs) But we would encourage you to go to ReformationBoise.com and register. Um, It helps us with even the last-minute planning. Um, We do giveaways. We, We give away something like 15 different gifts during the course, even more than that sometimes. So this is your opportunity to win those because we use the registration rules to help determine who mm-hmm. um, we give those gifts away to. So but please if you go. wake up on Friday and you haven't registered and if if you, you're coming home from work and you're thinking about this, uh, just plan on coming that evening. Yep. Uh, come, come to the conference. It's a conference on the church, and so we've been excited about last week and this week. We've been talking about different topics that are going to be addressed at the conference. We don't know what Dr. Beakey and Dr. Thomas are going to say. We are fairly convinced yeah. that it's they've, going to be better than actually, what we have said. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty confident of that. I mean, we, 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 come, to, we come with a few questions. Uh, you know, Sometimes we create those questions for ourselves <laughs> the night before uh, coming in, so we haven't uh, spent uh, studious hours in our study um, planning our responses, but they have. They are they've they've spent some hours in preparation to give us the most needful thing when we gather together. This is just the appetizer or a light little snack to hold you over to mm-hmm. the main meal. Both of these men have served in pastoral ministry for decades upon decades. Both have taught at seminaries. Both have been conference speakers across the the nations. And Derek Thomas across nations. He comes yeah. from Wales. Yes. Yeah. So they bring a wealth of information and experience and learning. And so we're super excited to, to have them here. And hopefully you will say the same after spending time with them this, this coming weekend. So we've been talking about the communion of saints and um, – I'm going to just read a quote, and you guys can react to it. It says, Christianity has never been a private religion. Personal, yes. But in coming to Christ, every single Christian gets connected to every other Christian. Our union with Christ brings us into communion with his church as members of a local congregation. True. True. I mean... Yes and amen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, we we don't we don't become an island to ourselves. We are a continent of believers together, and and it, 
you know, this idea of the communion of saints. I mean, we're can, we should be, we connect into a local church because that's the expression of Christ's body. Um, but we are at the same time recognizing that we are not the limits of his body because we're connected to other like bodies throughout um, our cities, our nation, and our world. Mm-hmm. It, the communion of saints spans time and space. That's right, because we're not just joined to a, an earthly community. We join with uh, the saints in in heaven. Uh, there's, you know, Hebrews chapter twelve brings this out. You know that you know we when we worship together, we come together. We're worshiping here, but we're worshiping with those it, it, that have gone before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. You know, off air. Uh, Russ and I were talking about some of our favorite hymns, and uh, one of my favorite hymns is that hymn, For All the Saints. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with it, but it but it begins, Oh, bless communion, fellowship divine. We feebly struggle, they in glory shine. It's talking about the, the communion of saints on earth and the communion in heaven. They in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. And the, and it goes on. There's a number of verses that talk about our relationship with the saints below and the saints above. Um, you know, you know. Oh, may thy soldiers faithful, true, and bold fight with the saints who nobly fought of old, and win with them the victor's crown of gold. Um, and when the strife is fierce, the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph. And song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. We we identify with those that have gone before us victoriously, who've lived that Christian life out as examples for us, and we follow them as they followed Christ. And so these are, you know, oftentimes, you know, you think about those who have gone before us, and you think, oh man, I, 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 I want to meet, I want to meet some of these people. I want to meet. I want to meet John Calvin. I want to meet Jonathan Edwards. I want to meet these people that have gone before us. And and in one sense, we are, we can um, engage with them even now in worship. And it it's a communion that goes even beyond just, you know, the history, but also national barriers. Right. Like throughout the world. Um, in Psalm 87, we read, I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to those who know me. This is God speaking. Behold, O Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia, this one was born there, speaking of Zion. And then, and of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the peoples, this one was born there. Now when you consider the people that were mentioned there, you know, specifically, you know, Babylon. I mean, these were enemies of God's people at but one point, it, and yet God says there's, there's of Babylon, there. there's somebody in Zion that is a citizen of Zion, and also Philistia, Tyre. You know, it it God is bringing into one communion people who are naturally enemies, and we have this union in Christ. Yeah, and that's really what Ephesians two is about. Yeah, mm-hmm. that outside of Christ, what is true in a church shouldn't be true. Yeah. But because of Christ, he's broken down these barriers that should keep people apart. And he said, no, the, these barriers don't exist because they're both united in me. Yeah. Um, 
And I think we've probably all experienced that where we've met people from across the globe and, and we feel this immediate connectedness. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not because we share anything else in common. What we share in common is our love for Christ. Right. And all of a sudden we have this bond. They were like, wait, how can this be possible? Mm-hmm. We, shouldn't, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have really anything. But it works because we, we're, we share such a, a deep common bond. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi uh, Duncan, actually they called him Rabbi Duncan. His name was John Duncan. He was a, a Scottish um, professor of Old Testament and a pastor. And one of his students uh, asked him, you know, what do you want to see when you get to heaven? And he said, I would like to see the Lamb, speaking of Jesus Christ. I would like to see the Father of the Lamb, speaking of God the Father. I would like to see, see the Spirit of the Lamb, the Holy Spirit. But next to that, I would like to see the Lamb's wife. I would like to see her. I would like to be her. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, I want to see the church, is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but two things that probably just reveal that I need counseling. Um, <laughs> when you're preaching, I was talking to a retired minister in our, our congregation the other day about this, that when I preach through series that involve the life of someone, when they die, I feel like I lost a friend. Mm. That they become so real in the, the study of their life that you almost are mourning the passing of somebody that's been dead literally for thousands of years. And mm-hmm. you're like, how can this possibly be? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because of the communion of saints that in some way you become almost grafted into their life story mm-hmm. and you are journeying together even though they're dead. And the other thing is this whole idea when people ask me, well, who are your mentors? And I say, actually, most of my mentors are dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well it is. I mean, these it, people are, are still is, speaking actually. into my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I had a, had a little um, sign in my office years ago and said, I, I've gone to my office to spend time with the venerable dead. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and some of, those, some of those were, you know, the Puritans on my shelf. Some of them were the church fathers. Some of them were, you know, I mean, just reading about, I used to, I used to pick up almost every book by uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. It was a great mm-hmm. uh, pastor in, in England. You know, he was, sometimes people called him the last of the Puritans. But reading him shaped much of my pastoral ministry. I, I identify with him. And then also, I, you know, in expanding that, was like putting more rings on the tree, more uh, growth mm-hmm. rings. You know, every time you added another minister or saint into that pantheon of people that spoke into your life, um, you were adding those growth rings. That happens within the church, too. Mm-hmm. With with individuals, they add growth rings to our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they you know the things that they've experienced, the experiences that we share with them, as a communion in the saints. We watch them suffer. They go through, you know, physical illness. They speak words of grace. They look forward to the. They're not worried about dying in the sense that they know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that puts a growth ring on my life, too, as I've watched them suffer, and I want to be like that. And that brings out 
another aspect of this quote that is important to consider of, you know, we've talked about the broader church through history and throughout very nations, but also the quote references very specifically the local congregation. And, you know, I'm, you know, barring any unique circumstance like someone being posted in the military to some base in Antarctica or something like that, you know, we, there are no Christians in isolation where we're not meant to be off on our own, and just doing our own thing, a part of this universal church, quote unquote, were to be members of a local congregation to experience those growth rings being added and to help add growth rings to other brothers and sisters as well. You know, after the Vietnam War, there were a number of different biographies, things written about those people that had been in um, prisoners of war, living in the Hanoi Hilton, separated from others, and that, and they would. You know, I can remember reading about one of these individuals who had basically was marking time in there. And when he realized this, this would be Sunday, he was actually engaged mentally with the rest of the church. Hmm. That was part of the sustaining that he felt was even though he was absent from them, right. he was really with them worshiping together. Mm. Um, and he would, re- and it was interesting. They would communicate by you know tapping on the walls in a certain Morse code, and there were a number of these individuals that memorized parts of scripture, and they would help each other remember it. And they were actually, you know, even though they weren't in the same room together they were ministering to one another saints together uh the communion of saints mm. that was they were experiencing the body life that we all want to to experience so uh there is you know uh, there is this wonderful aspect you know one in the communion of saints there's communion with god there's communion with you know with those that have gone before but the of course the great emphasis in the new testament is our community with with one another in the here and now mm-hmm. we've well, been listening to the gospel life we will see you next time <laughs>